0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. In today's episode, I'm very excited to speak with Caleb Kaufman of Lancashire Hemp in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Caleb shares his experience of PTSD and the need to address the impact on his life and career and how he made the decision to dedicate his career to the growth, production and distribution of hemp and CBD products. Our conversation runs the gamut from mental health, his PTSD journey of healing, considering adding plant-based support for various ailments, and building a business out of his own experience and story. Caleb is very committed to making sure that people know they are not alone and that we can all grow and heal alongside one another. You won't want to miss when he shares his philosophy of providing good product at a fair price and how it's not brand recognition he's after necessarily, but getting product to market. You may catch that this approach has helped diversify income streams and steadily grow the business. I love his co-op approach to micro-farming and supporting his local community while growing his business. Caleb is dedicated to supporting his community, his team, and anyone who he believes would benefit from hearing his story and trying his product. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Caleb and his amazing journey. Caleb, thank you so much for being here today. It's, it's nice to meet you. I got yeah, to meet everything. you through Dan, so now I get to meet you for real.
1: <laughs> yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. So tell me, where are you in the world right now?
1: We are located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. so are kind of the heart of the Amish community in Pennsylvania, and we are surrounded by a lot of great you know, agricultural farms and lands that are part of our co-op, actually.
0: Very cool. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to hear about your co-op and explain kind of how that works. So tell us a little bit about your business. And I would love to hear how you got to this place of deciding to start a hemp company.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start with where we're at right now. We've got a really cool, I guess we kind of have a couple different areas. We have our growing co-op, which would be last year we had 15 local Amish farmers that kind of joined in and uh, we act as a facilitator They're kind of I'll start the permitting process, help everybody you know pick out genetics and we kind of say, all right here's the game plan from a farming perspective let's grow this many acres and then kind of go from there. Then we have the other side of Lancashire which is more of the processing, the retailing, the white labeling where we take you know everything that we grew from the year, start processing that into sellable products.
0: Very cool. How long has it been legal to have hemp and CBD products in Pennsylvania? because I know this is it's different by state and not to be confused right. with marijuana, which is right. THC right So can you educate us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah so really in well I say the 2018 farm bill that was signed in and that federally legalized hemp across all the 51 states. And so that's when Pennsylvania jumped on board. I think we had a pilot program going here, or we may have had a year or two. I was not involved, but as soon as it became federally legal, 2019, that's when I started researching, got my permit and started Lancashire and the very first grow.
0: Did you do your own growing that first year?
1: Yes. So 2019, I had a greenhouse. My in-laws have about 25 acre kind of farm area. So I set up there kind of partner with them to help me get started. And then in the year two grew there again, but then also added kind of the co-op, you know, spreading out into the community just because there was a very clear need for some sort of leadership and just kind of working together to facilitate because when you farm, it is really hard to do that as an individual farm and person, just because you're really you're doing a lot. You know, you're not only growing it, but then you still have to worry about selling it and then you know, how do you sell something that is a brand new? So we found sticking together and coming up with a plan that would benefit a lot worked really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, I mean, you truly started from the ground up.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very and... much just hard work and you know how it is just, you got to get your hands dirty. You know, at that point when I started growing the first year, you know, I was still working a regular job. So, you know, go down and, you know, tend to the hemp plants, get that set up. And it was more of that hobby kind of where I obviously had the vision to help grow it. And it was just, all right, let's just do this after hours until it gets to the point where this could turn into, you know, something I can make a living on.
0: Mm-hmm. In your, in your big vision, did you have in mind like, okay, once it gets to this point, then I'll, have you left your other job or are you still, are you full-time now like a
1: Yeah, I am full time Lancashire. That actually happened, we'll say, well, I guess it was 2020, maybe July. Yeah, July 2020 was when I kind of officially went out on my own um, under Lancashire. I was laid off from my job. I was working in the hemp industry for another company. And, you know, with COVID and everything and hard times, they had to let me go. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of bittersweet. I was able to go out and, you know, put all of my time and energy into Lancashire. But obviously, that's always a big step when you, you know, you take an idea and something you've been working on, on as a hobby, it was in my basement, and then getting that to, okay, now this is what I'm making my living on.
0: It's amazing how necessity is the mother of invention. (laughs) I think a lot of businesses started and took off in, you know, we're still in the pandemic, right? But in the early shutdown stages, when everything was uncertain, and now we're just adapting.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was a very unique time. I definitely, I guess, took advantage and tried to find the good spots. And for me, that was, I had the capabilities and time and space to put energy into Lancashire and then was able to kind of build a team of people because of COVID, honestly. And, you know, most people are laid off on unemployment, don't have as much to do. And were willing to come out and put time in and just like kind of help me build the company.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's really fortunate. I mean, you're because it's grown quite a lot. Like, what stage are you at now? Do you feel like you're in a big growth stage? You were saying you have 15 local farmers in your co op. Like, that sounds substantial to me.
1: It is a pretty good amount. Yeah. It's hard to keep up. And I guess for me, it's kind of normal because it's the everyday. But when I do get to stop and think about it and reflect, going from, you know, me being on a little farm growing by myself to, I guess, is it two and a half to three years later, if that, You know, we have a co-op of 15 farmers, and then we have, I'm trying to think, a total number of probably 10 to 15 team members now that are working almost full time. So, yeah, it has grown very quickly and very fast. And I'd say as of now, we are still in a very, yeah, uh, fast growth pace. And we're just trying to keep up Mm -hmm. because there's people are getting our products. They're hearing the message, um, hearing my story. And it's really resonating with people. And then once you try CBD, and you're like, "Wow, this stuff really can improve your quality of life significantly."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we started recording, you know, I was telling you that your your team had sent me a care package. Thank you. And I was saying, "Gosh, it never occurred to me to smoke hemp." You yep. know, it just just didn't didn't really enter my thoughts. But I have experience with CBD oils and gummies and things, you know, that have been really useful. But you were saying. So I was asking you, why would somebody smoke it? So I would love to hear about like, what are the health benefits? What are the things that people use hemp and CBD oils for?
1: Right. Yeah. So for me, I started using them because I'm diagnosed with PTSD. And that was something that was helping me kind of get in touch with my emotions, helping me process. So for me, it was really a game changer in my my journey of healing so i started out doing the oils and then you know kind of as i was growing and also learning because again this is a new field and well you know reinvented new it's been gone and kind of the knowledge has been lost so as we're kind of rediscovering like okay what you know can hemp do what does cbd do what are the other benefits of all the other cannabinoids just trying different forms was another way So, because it is cannabis, I think that was kind of a an easy. Well, let's try smoking it. And as soon as that kind of started smoking, I was like, wow! Like this is a very cool market because you just, when you smoke it, you get to experience the benefits. You know, within 30 to 60 seconds, where you just get that immediate calming relief. I like to compare it to like kind of the calming of the sea, where Mm -hmm. you know, struggling internally and with anxiety and maybe racing thoughts, it just kind of mellows that out, and it. That's great because this is a plant. So, you know, you're not having to dive into pharmaceuticals for help.
0: Right. And this, you know, for people who don't know, this is different than smoking weed, right? This is, you're not getting the, what did you call it? The psycho something.
1: Psychoactive high. Yeah. So Psychoactive Gives you that, you know, the psychoactivity where, you know, you're going to experience maybe the euphoria and the right thoughts and you know, that also has its place. I'm a user of THC. I have a medical card for that as well. Both in combination have been great for, you know, helping me in my journey. But there are a lot of people that can make uncomfortable, you know, they smoke Mm -hmm. and wow, that's not a happy place that, you know, gets me paranoid. So for people that, you know, struggle with paranoia, I would say CBD is a great uh, benefit because you can get the same experience without that psychoactivity.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, I have heard of CBD oil being used for all manner of things, including for pets. I think that's different titration for pets, but I thought that was really interesting. But, like, for anti inflammatory, for, you know, sleep disorders, for anxiety, the big one that I hear about a lot is anxiety. People who have issues with their thyroid find that it helps calm their system. I mean, there's so many medicinal benefits, and we're starting to kind of catch on to that. I feel like there's a real, there's a real shift in people's thinking. And I think I'm really, so I work with a lot of doctors, so I'm, I've got my finger on the pulse with this, that people are starting to now ask, I think, especially because of COVID, not what can you give me to fix this problem that I have, but they're starting to ask, how can I get healthy? Yeah. And I need support with X, Y, and Z, instead of saying, just write me a prescription and send me on my way. I think, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, we get all of the ads on TV for, you know, pharma, big pharma stuff, and then yep. the long list of side effects, right? Yep. So I think a lot of people are starting to really check in with themselves about that. So I would imagine that your timing is couldn't have been better for, you know, for jumping into this. And maybe it was out of necessity because you were laid off that you really, really got into it. But I mean do you have like a percentage that your business has grown in the last year since, cause we're a little over a year in, in wow. some form of quarantine?
1: I guess, I mean, definitely, I guess hundred percent or more at this point. Wow. Um, yeah. It's hard to keep track of cause we're, I'm just trying so to stay in a good way. <laughs> People are getting the products and, we're just hearing stories after stories of like, this is really helping change my day-to-day life. And then when the word gets out there, people just, you know, you're right. It is a very timely thing, I would say, for cannabis in general. It's very clear that people are struggling in general. I think the virus, you know, amplified that and made us all stop and realize as we were trapped in our houses that like, you know what, I'm not really doing great mentally. And I wasn't happy with my job or whatever it turned out to be that, you know, revealed to you and people are, like you said, kind of waking up to the pharmaceuticals. And, you know, I'm at the point where if I see one of those commercials, I almost laugh because it's just absurd when they go through these lists of side effects. Why are people taking Why would you?
0: Yeah. Especially for things like, you know, reflux, or I always laugh reflux, you know, says medicine for reflux, but it might give you a stomach ache or diarrhea. I'm like, well, what is the point? I think I'd rather just have reflux or or change my diet and actually heal it. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you were interested in exploring CBD or cannabis products because of an experience that you had. Do you, do you want to share some of that with us? Would you be willing to share like how, what you experienced or any part of it?
1: For sure. Yeah. So that's good. I forgot to answer that specifically. Why did I get into CBD hemp was really out of my own personal journey. Like I said, I'm diagnosed with PTSD um, from childhood sexual trauma. That was something that I didn't remember till my late 20s, well over 20 years later. So it was kind of this, you know, we'll say like bomb that was dropped on my mental life. You know, I was in the middle of just I actually had started another business, an ice cream business, and that was, you know, doing well, I was working in that, and then started to kind of begin the healing journey of, okay, what does that mean? Um, What does that look like? And just trying to sort it all out. And that's when I was introduced to CBD for the first time in one of my counseling sessions and quickly was like, wow, that sounds like it would be perfect for me because I am more of a plant-based medicine mindset and again once i tried it it was from there on i knew that i wanted to be in uh, the cannabis space and i wanted to help others discover the benefits of the plant
0: mm, very cool so you get to you get to have a very personal connection to this business that you're growing
1: yeah and Big part is just me being able to share the story because I've just found nobody wants to talk about sexual trauma. It's obviously, you know, it's a sensitive subject for a good reason. You know, it's a lot of pain and suffering for people. But as you're journeying through, it's always good to have, you know, those that have taken the journey share their story so other people can know, hey, like I'm not the only one out there. And so, yeah, other people are experiencing the same things. And, you know, I am not alone in that. So really, that's kind of what inspires me to share my story and to just kind of encourage others out there that may be struggling.
0: Well, I really appreciate that. You know, I've had several guests who have shared different, you know, different journeys that they've been on. One person shared very openly about going into quarantine, recognizing that she was not okay. And she had Mm -hmm. been sort of, you know, compensating for some undiagnosed ADHD and also some, I think, depression and anxiety by working, 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 and filling her plate and then exercising, exercising, exercising. And She couldn't go to the gym anymore. And she could, you know, things kind of slowed down work-wise. Suddenly she, she had to face it. And I just think that I'm not grateful for a pandemic, but we need to look for the good things that are coming out of it. And I think one of the good things is we're shining a light on mental health we're shining a light on trauma and believe yep. me we are all the entire world is going to have a good amount of collective trauma on the other side of this we have it now we're just not looking at it right we're trying to trying to get the jab and get out of it but so i really appreciate you sharing that because everybody has an experience and the more we talk the more collectively we can heal and there are ways that we can support our healing through some kind of, you know, I, I love that it's plant-based support and it's not something that alters our chemistry and changes who we are. It's something yeah. that, you know, you can take and it helps for you. It sounds like it like calms your system. When I've used CBD oils, it helps me sleep. It helps me fall asleep and stay asleep through the night. Right. And that was becoming a little bit of an issue for me for a while. And, you know, I just, I appreciate that you're willing to talk about it because I think it's really important. And I just, I just truly believe there's a lot of healing in in coming together and talking about stuff that happens. And so that this is part of your story of building your business, I believe is just going to have a really large ripple effect and reach a lot of people.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess was my, my hope that it just, that the story would be able to help. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. that I could be here and share and hopefully if anybody's listening, yeah, be encouraged that you are not alone. And there is a, a whole, you know, kind of world of people out there looking to grow and heal alongside you.
0: Absolutely. Well, it sounds like, you know, you've got a good thing going. So you've got this co-op. I'm very curious about the different ways you said, you know, you've got your processing, retail, white labeling, and then you have your, you know, direct places where you take it um, with your own label. I'm really curious about how that's helping you grow. Because I would imagine if you're willing to white label, that expands your reach, Tremendously, and probably creates a, another decent stream of income. Am I right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole nother world in a sense. So, <clears throat> I guess for me, right away, I knew it, it's never about me. It's always about the we. That's kind of a motto around here that I like to say because, you know, when it is about the co op, it's about the teams. So, carrying that into the retail space, you know, it's not about Lancashire's name being, you know, on everybody's house. It's just about giving people medicine that they need. Mm-hmm. So for us I was like hey if people want a white label we just want to provide a good product at a fair price so everybody can be involved another thing you know that happens in cannabis industry a lot of times is there's very high prices for what a lot of people rely on for medicine I didn't want to be one of those companies that just because you can charge a lot you know doesn't mean that you should so we kind of carry that over, and we're like, "Let's just white label. Let's, you know, help other companies get this product, just so we can get it out, and people can experience it."
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. And I would imagine, you know, from a business model perspective, that that helps you expand your reach and be able to. I mean, I guess at some point, will you bring in more farmers or expand the amount of acreage that you're growing on, or do you? What 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 are you up to? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a good question. We're, we're kind of even talking now about, you know, this year's grow because we're getting close, probably honestly a little bit behind, but we've been just so busy with the sales side, which we worked really hard for over the winter of just setting ourselves and A lot of the growth has happened in the last probably three to four months. Mm. Yeah, we're starting to think ahead of, you know, we want to continue the co-op model, include our farmers, because again, it, just the more people that can kind of benefit from this process, the better. So, yeah, looking ahead, I'd say I'd like to grow. The reason that I, I guess I went for the co-op model was, too, I always was thinking if, if Lancashire ends up growing, it'd be great that grows, I'll say, wide and maybe not tall. You know, I didn't point for Lancashire to grow on its own, you know, upwards and become this giant company. Then you can struggle with, you know, quality control. If we're growing hundreds of acres on our own, you know, how do we maintain that and not lose the special hand touch that, you know, is what we like to provide with our products. So for me, it was like, well, the easy way to do that is let's just keep it micro farming. And if we need to add more, we just ask another farm to join the co-op. So yeah, that would be my goal is that we could continue to grow. That way we can include more farms in the area and that would give them the opportunity to be included, you know, and kind of sharing the pie mentality.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really, I think that's a, that's a great model too. I think that was one of the questions I had is how do you manage quality? If you're looking at species and you're trying different things, then, you know, how are you able to, to manage quality control? And so it sounds like that's built into your model.
1: Yeah. So again, it is tough when you're trying to grow a company and thinking about, you know, just the large scale, the quality. So yeah, that's kind of what I thought would be an easy approach. And then also just benefits a whole community. Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, a lot of farmers in Pennsylvania here are struggling and I'm sure just any farmer in general, that's a hard life. So it was kind of a really cool partnership to say, wow, we can just partner with our own uh, backyard farmers and include them in this really cool, unique space where we're growing and getting to share this product.
0: Mm-hmm. So, thinking about the plant itself, is it is it a finicky plant? Does it need a lot of tending, or is that just the approach that you want to take?
1: I would say, yeah, it's a little bit of both. So, growing any sort of cannabis, it is called weed for a reason because it does like to grow fast, and it is, you know it grows fast and large so mm-hmm. part of that is easy but then when it comes to actually harvesting and drying and processing that's where you get into a lot of hand care because like anything when you start to add machinery you're always going to lose quality just because metal is touching a plant oils are coming off so basically the less that you can handle and touch the plant with machinery the better So that is, again, why we took kind of the micro approach of let's have, you know, machinery be less, let's have more hand care. That way we can, you know, trim this stuff by hand when we need to and, you know, maintain that quality because it is, it's more of the end processing side where you can lose all of your hard work that you, you know, spent in the field.
0: So is processing something that your farmers do or do they harvest and then processing is something that happens somewhere else?
1: So I help do the processing part and that's kind of acting again as the facilitator. I kind of help get get the grow going and then they're responsible for growing it. I help them harvest as in like, here's how we want to harvest it. Because part of this is also, it's learning together with the farming techniques, because again, this is a new crop coming back in of what's the best way to farm this? Mm-hmm. How do we want to harvest it? How do we want to dry it? So we are, you know, the farmers and I are always in discussion what that's going to look like. I take over once it comes off the field and then we bring it to the Lancashire facility where we dry it and then, you know, hand process it, which could be getting it extracted for oils. And then that could go further into, you know, tinctures or salves. We do handle kind of everything once it leaves the field. Very cool. Yeah.
0: One more question. (laughs) I'm so curious about this process. Do Is it mostly grown in greenhouses or is this grown in open air?
1: Um, we do a lot of open air growing. Uh, okay. That's just my preference would be to do that because, again, a little more natural. You're getting mm-hmm. just a plant in the soil with sunlight. We do some hoop houses as well, but we don't have a lot of what we call true indoor grow, which would be, you know, under grow lights in an enclosed facility. We'll definitely have some of that in the future because there's, you know, space for that type of quality. But for the farmers to be involved as well, we have to use a field grow so they can mm-hmm. use their land.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And so are your farmers, I guess that, that wasn't my last question. Your farmers <laughs> are, they're all Amish farmers, correct?
1: Yeah. Most I of them? Maybe one farmer that's not Amish, but yeah, 90% of them are just from the plain community. My last name is Kaufman. So around here, that's like, you know, my ancestry is from here. So I have that in my roots. Yeah. So it was easy to kind of connect Plus, I grew up in this area. And yeah, once I started just met a few farmers that were interested and kind of quickly evolved into forming a co-op together.
0: That's really cool. So you get to support your local community. Yep. I would imagine, I don't know a lot about Amish land, but you know, lower tech, right? So a much more natural approach, probably a lot more respect for the land and for the plant itself and all of that. So very different approach to, to the grow. I would imagine yeah. that that's one of the things that sets you apart from some of the other hemp companies that might be growing, like you said, in you know, indoor undergrow lights and just very different circumstances.
1: Yeah. And I know around here, the way our kind of agricultural space is set up is, you know, we have lots of rolling hills that are very beautiful, mm-hmm. which when it comes to farming, means you have lots of little plots of farmlands where, you know, maybe out west you have. Hundreds and hundreds of acres in one farm. So, for here, it really did fit well with kind of having that micro grow co op mindset just because of the way the landscape is. And then having, you know, kind of the plain Amish background with less machinery, you know, they've been farming this way for generations. One kind of unique fact historically is Lancaster County used to be, I think, the biggest hemp producer before it hit prohibition. So there's a town, you know, in Lancaster County called Hempfield. We were known to grow some of the best hemp, you know, previous back before it was uh, banned. So kind of yeah. cool to bring it back to our roots and literally yeah. grow the same plant, you know, that maybe generations ago was here.
0: Wow. What a, like talk about coming full circle.
1: Yeah. it That's is really pretty
0: cool. cool. And so now that hemp is, hemp and CBD have been legalized on a federal level, you can ship anywhere in the U.S.
1: Yes. Yeah, we ship to anywhere in the U.S. We've even started shipping out into different countries. So right now we actually, we're in Ecuador, starting to build a pretty cool presence there, which is really fun. I've shipped to Switzerland, Belgium. So yeah, starting to get out even beyond the States as well, which is pretty fun. But yeah, if you order on our website, anybody in the U.S., we can ship directly to your doorstep and make it pretty easy like most companies. Mm-hmm.
0: And product-wise, what do you, what do you have?
1: Yeah. So right now we've got a good kind of variety. I like to have a product that fits everybody's lifestyle. So if you like to smoke, you know, you can go for the kind of premium flower. If that's not something you're comfortable with, you can use a tincture. Um, we have gummies, we have topical salves that fit for more of you know, arthritis, muscle pain, back aches. We have some hemp capsules. So if you want to do just like a daily kind of multivitamin, which is great. Again, just take a quick, easy couple of capsules. And we have a few, we've also started to get into a lot of the Delta eight cannabinoids. So we do a lot of Delta eight flower. We have like pre-rolls. So like a pre-rolled kind of joint tube. Um, yeah. we got a little bit of everything.
0: That's pretty cool. I know my my mother. One of the treatments they do for her, she has oh shoot, what's it called? She gets a lot of swelling in her legs, so like edema. And her the nurse who takes care of her gives her leg massages with CBD oil, which I just thought when I heard they were doing that, I was like, oh my god, I'm so happy (laughs) because I know that it can be very healing and it helps her a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, it's very
1: cool. uh, Somebody stopped by yesterday, a potential new wholesale account, and. She is a masseuse and we were talking about, you know, developing a product, like a CBD lotion specifically for her. Mm. We even do like product formulation for people that are like, Hey, you know, I'm a masseuse and I would love to use this in my shop. So do stuff like that as well.
0: That's so cool. So, okay. Science question. How do you know how to formulate things? Like, did you go, need to go and study this? Did you, how do you, how do you know how to do all this?
1: This is a good question, I guess, by just learning and paying attention and research, knowing my trade. So when I started growing hemp, I remember saying to myself, like, I want to become an expert in this field. So I just kind of put my head down and studied. And I visited lots of different extraction labs, talked with different formulators, I guess kind of a self-educating process. You know, I'm not a scientist, so there's definitely a limit to my knowledge. But when it comes to, you know, how do we formulate and use the hemp plant and what can we turn it into and, you know, how do we figure out different dosages and formulations? I definitely have a pretty, you know, good bit of knowledge on how to do that.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think this is so fascinating too, because there's, you know, the whole idea of removing something that has healing qualities from the market, you know, for whatever reason, and then the fear around it, right? Like there's, I really didn't understand the difference between CBD and THC until right. I learned about CBD,
1: right?
0: right, Cause you know, my experience of, of THC was, you know, a few times in high school and, you know, not, not loving it, not loving that feeling. So I was yeah. very cautious about, about CBD, but oh my gosh, the difference that it made for me. And changing my sleep patterns and getting me back into a rhythm. And, you know, it had a few minor health issues that were causing the sleep issues and then, you know, inflammation based type stuff and how much that supported the healing process is pretty, pretty remarkable. And that was just for minor stuff. So I can imagine that for people who, you know, experience like acute anxiety and things like that, how helpful it can be without having to have, any side effects? I mean, I I don't know. I've never heard of anybody being allergic to hemp or CBD, but I would think that that would be the only real issue, is if you're allergic yeah. to the plant itself.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard of any you know really negative reactions from CBD either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not psychoactive, like you said. If if someone does experience negativity from THC, it's usually kind of more on a mental level, not mm-hmm. even physical. So yeah, you kind of take that element away. And a lot of what we do is educating people on those facts as well, because like you said, you know, you didn't know the difference between CBD and THC for a while until you really kind of someone explains it or you do the research. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of what we do here at Lancashire is educating people to say, okay, here is exactly what it is. How it can help you. Here's what it's not. And usually, once you kind of walk through that conversation, people leave very like enlightened and like, "Wow, like I had no idea, you Mm -hmm. know, that this is what CBD actually could help me with."
0: Yeah, and um, and with that understanding and educating people, then it creates a more of an openness and a receptivity to an idea of trying something natural. And you know, as we were saying earlier, I am seeing a shift. From people just blindly accepting getting their prescription to, you know what, I think I wonder if I set the conditions if my body could heal itself, or if I could find a way what? to handle my anxiety, you know, maybe with some therapy, but also with something that, you know, in a moment when there's, you know, an acute incident happening, that there's something that you can do for it. And I yeah. think that's that's pretty
1: cool. It is. Yeah.
0: So do people you mentioned vaping. Do people vape? CBD as well? I guess they
1: yeah, would. So we, we do make and sell vape cartridges as well because it's mm-hmm. like, it is an oil base. So when we can take the hemp plant and really it is fun to think about when we're not growing hemp, we're growing oils. And mm-hmm. that's basically what we're doing is, you know, the plant has all those oils on the, the flowers and the buds. So if we take that, you can extract it and you can turn it into what is called a distillate. And then that is what you would fill like a vape cartridge with. That's what you would see, you know, typically for THC, you can do the same thing for CBD as well. Mm -hmm. So, it's you know, very convenient because you kind of eliminate the same things you would, like you eliminate the odor, you know, you can put a pen in your pocket, you can go to work. If you're, again, feeling like some overwhelming anxiety that day, you can just take out a vape pen take a couple of puffs and, you know, have an immediate relaxation, definitely a really good way for some immediate needs.
0: Interesting. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. And do you find, so I know there's like some companies do spot drug testing and sometimes CBD can show up as THC. Do you find any objections to that? Do you like, are people concerned about that or
1: Typically, most people aren't with our products because again, to be considered uh, hemp legally, you have to be below a certain THC level. And I don't know if it always works out, you know, that if you take even a legal CBD product that you'll pass a drug test because there's still minimal amounts. Mm -hmm. But we haven't had anybody, you know, come back or complaining and saying, well, you told me I would and it didn't because I think it is such a minor amount. And hopefully too, as we evolve, you know, our cannabis laws in the United States, a lot of states have already dropped, you know, marijuana testing or THC from, Mm -hmm. you know, any sort of job qualifications and it's good to see those things are becoming a legal standard as well. Like you cannot even do that in certain States anymore.
0: That's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Cause I think a lot of people who could benefit might be missing out, you know, from, from something that could be really healing.
1: Yeah. We have what we call more for like products for professional lifestyle, because yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, if you're a CDL driver or, a police officer or a veteran, somebody especially that's working anything in government, you're going to get tested and that could really hurt your you know, your income. So, so we do have those as well, THC free. So you don't even have to you know, worry about that. So again, another cool, cool part of the industry where we can process that out to a point where it's not even a concern.
0: That's amazing. That's really yeah. cool. Very cool. Well, I think, I mean, I think this is so exciting. So I, I, I want to direct people to you. I think, you know, we, we all need to get educated about natural, you know, remedies, things that can support us. So what are some of the things that people might use hemp products for? We talked about some of them, but what else?
1: Yeah. So there's the big one would be anxiety. It is anti-inflammatory. So, you know, I guess even kind of sometimes I like to say replacing Tylenol and Advil, you could replace that with a hemp capsule. Um, Again, get a plant-based version of that. So for that kind of just minor aches and pains, I know a lot of our topicals can be used for like arthritis, joint pain, just kind of rubbing directly into an area and getting relief that way as well. For people, again, struggling more with mental health illnesses. Can be a good tool to have for just kind of, again, bringing the calming and relaxation physically and also mentally. There are some studies as well for other cannabinoids or CBDA, which is very similar to CBD, that have shown some very promising results for cancer patients. You know, some of those things we're always cautious. You know, I'm not going to say CBDA cures cancer, but Mm -hmm. it can definitely be an aid in recovery, you know, while you're going through chemotherapy, it does help boost your red blood cell count. So things like that, there are new studies coming out, you know, almost every month because we haven't had the opportunity to study this plant very deeply because it was illegal to do so, you know, up until a couple of years ago.
0: Mm -hmm. That's pretty incredible. A friend of mine actually had her cancer treatment. So I'm in North Carolina and so is she, but she had her cancer treatment in Philly and they actually suggested to her to support her in her recovery that she get a medical license for marijuana. And uh, she initially thought that was kind of strange, but when they educated her about it, it was a kind of a no brainer for pain, for muscle fatigue, for recovery and all of that. And, and they were suggesting, you know, to that, whatever she used had a high CBD count. And I thought that was just fascinating that this was coming from like a medical institution, that they took this holistic approach and were, you know, very, very, not just willing to help her get it, but were like kind of saying, you should. Right yeah. and and this is why here's how it can support you. So I think I that's going to take some time. Again, like I said, we live in North Carolina, and there's a lot of big pharma here. So I, I'm curious to see what will happen. We've only been here for a few years, but you know to see what will happen with legalizing. And I'm glad that CBD is has been legalized and that people are starting to understand it and recognize that, you know, there are different ways. If we set the conditions, the body will at least make a good attempt at healing itself. So why not give something a try to, to set the conditions and, you know, instead of masking symptoms, like we do with a lot of prescription drugs. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. That is a good approach to not just, you know, kind of endure your symptoms, but to find a way and a path that you can kind of get out of those spaces, because you're right. I think a lot of times we underestimate ourselves, we underestimate our bodies and also kind of the plants around us that we can use to help those processes.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah, that's that's this is really cool. I feel like I've learned a lot today and I'm sure that our listeners are learning a lot. So I would love to like to support you. So to ask, like, where can we send people so that they can check out your product? So that if they have questions, if they happen to be a local farmer who's looking to, you know, to hop in with your co-op, anything, where can we find you?
1: Yeah, you can head to lancashirehemp.com. That is our main website. And then we have a, a retail store on there right now. We don't have a brick and mortar. We just kind of work out of the online space. But like we said, we can ship anywhere. And then if you're in Lancaster, we're always open for a visit. If you reach out on like a website submission, we love kind of giving tours of the space and kind of showing what we do and how we do it because it's a pretty cool and it's also a new industry. So, a lot of people are just like, yeah, how do you even process this stuff? So that's fun to share. Yeah. Um, and then we do have our Instagram, Lancashire Hemp. We're on Facebook as well. So you can check us out on any of those kind of social media links.
0: Wonderful. I'll share all of that in the show notes. So they will be clickable and people can can go from there. Actually, we connected through Instagram. I think Dan reached out to me through Instagram and said, hey, we want to talk to you about this. Yeah. I'm so cool. excited. I'm glad that that worked that way. The beauty, the beauty, the lovely upside of social media is making connections like this. And yeah, yeah. very cool. Well, can I ask you, I like to ask a little personal question. <laughs> yeah, please do. yeah. So actually a couple, if we can. So little things, yep. what's your favorite food? What do you like to eat?
1: Oh man, I'm just going to go with pizza and I'm 35 and I will still just say, I love pizza. I don't even care. I always will.
0: Pizza is kind of its own food group anyway, isn't it? It's yep. great stuff. It's the, it's the leading junk food in our house too. And it's yes. like, I mean, there are worse things. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Do, do you have a favorite curse word?
1: Man, I don't swear a lot. I grew up in a very conservative home. So it just was like kind of bred out of me where it's just like, I don't feel even comfortable swearing, but yeah. lately if I'm letting loose, I'm trying to think, oh man. Lately, I've been on the F word as terrible as that sounds, but that's usually <laughs> just when I'm by myself, like, you know, yelling at something, just being like, ah! <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, I don't say that at people. I can't, right. I just can't bring myself to do that. I'm right. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That's my favorite. That's for me, that's the most <laughs> cathartic curse word. Right. Yeah. Till I heard one of my kids say it. I was like, yeah, hey, maybe I have to dial that back. I didn't mean to say it in front of them. I was like, oh, <laughs> they're teenagers um, now, so they're going to say it anyway. Um, yeah. Cool. So are you consuming any, you know, books or shows? How do you unwind besides, you know, your product? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, no, I like to, I, I'm a big meditator. So I do kind of like, I have a, my own little ritual with meditating. I used to be a big reader until I feel like, you know, becoming a parent and then just business owner and reading windows just disappeared. But I am currently reading through a Ram Dass book Mm -hmm. and also a little book that I got, I think it was for Christmas. That was just some kind of like quotes from Mr. Rogers. I'm a very big Mr. Rogers fan, just what a beautiful soul he was and just try to glean a lot of my spirit and life lessons from him. Mm -hmm. So I have a little book of kind of just like really amazing Mr. Rogers quotes. That's one that I, I try to read when I can.
0: Oh, that's lovely. He really was a special, special, special human being. Yes. Very yeah. I grew up
1: watching Mr. Rogers same. and Justin like, you just can't get any better. He was way ahead of his time and just kind of like to have that same spirit of let's just be kind to people. Let's talk with love. Let's be inclusive. Um, really trying to bring that back to planet earth.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll yes, please. Way. Yes. We need it. We do need it. We definitely need it. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad that we've connected. I look forward to to staying connected. I was telling Dan that there's a possibility I'll be traveling up the coast all the way to Boston at some point by car this summer and so taking a little detour. So once we have dates oh, yeah. and stuff, I'll reach out and I would love to come and see. I have so many more questions like, how does it work? How do you get the oil out? <laughs> I want to know. (laughs) I would love that. I'm just, I'm so curious. I'm so not a science person, but I'm always very curious about how things like that work. And I just, I think you're doing a great thing. It feels like you're creating like this, like this, you're saying micro farming, but you're really creating little pockets of economies where you're at. And that's, we need more of that. I think we need to simplify The way we're doing capitalism, I think we need to go much more into shareholders, sorry, stakeholders rather than shareholders. And so that the people who deserve to have the benefit, who need to have the benefit, get the benefit and and doing it this way, it feels really equitable. It feels, you know, it feels like it's sustainable. It's a growth from a business model perspective. And for your ability to keep your feet on the ground as a business person, it looks and sounds like you've got a great model there.
1: Well, thank so, you. Yeah, we definitely have worked hard to keep it that way. And yeah, I like to do more of socialistic capitalism.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing
1: wrong with making money, but let's be kind about it and let's share it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think it's just, it's exciting to hear that, that you're taking this into your own hands and you're creating it. And yeah, it's just, it's really cool. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, any, do you have any tips that you'd like to share from your, from your growth perspective, from what it takes, what kind of mindset you need to have as an entrepreneur, anything like that that you'd like to share with us?
1: Yeah, I guess kind of doing that, kind of yeah, because we are talking about what is it like to be an entrepreneur and just kind of the man. I guess as you know, it's it is a tough place to be. It I'd say it is a gifting too of really um, knowing how to take your idea and you know make it reality. For me, that has come down to just a lot of hard work after hours because mm-hmm. most of the time. The struggle is you have these ideas, you have a job, how do you make that transition? And, you know, people, I, I think that is kind of your number one when you first get into kind of an entrepreneurial space is your immediate is, well, I just want to quit my job and do that thing. But that is almost never possible, we'll say for ordinary people that, you know, don't have millions of dollars. So if you're out there and you have that idea, I guess really for me, what worked was just working those extra long hours afterwards and finding spaces to make it happen. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. It's, I think we get a lot of the downside of social media is it looks like people are coming, just waking up one Saturday and deciding to start a business and quitting their jobs and off they go. And you, there are some people who do that. They're just like, I just took the leap of faith and went, that would never be something I would advise people to do unless they have, unless you've got a, you know, a large, cash reserve. So yeah, I mean, it is true that you just, you build it and you build it and you build it and then you have a circumstance or not. I mean, you might just make that leap, but yep. in your case, and I think a lot of people since early 2020 have been in similar scenarios where they're like I got laid off and I didn't want to sit around and wait to be, you know, get unfurlowed or whatever. So I just went for right. It. So yeah, I think that's a great, great advice. Build it on the side spend the yeah. extra time it's worth it's worth it if you love it
1: right and it's also there's there's a part of that process i feel like that is going to you know you got to go through what do you say more of like the you got to go through those trials mm. and kind of hard times to sharpen yourself mm. because if you kind of take the easy road and you know you just let's say you go find an investor and you just kind of load yourself up you're going to miss a lot of very mm. important lessons that you would learn If you start from the ground and you go from step one to step 10, you don't want to skip any of those because there's some pretty important lessons I know that I've learned along the way that I will, you know, take with me forever.
0: Mm, Sage advice. You can't skip steps. Well, you could, but it never works out well.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: (laughs) Ever. Don't skip steps. Take all the steps. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Caleb, this has been just fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your story and for being open with, you know, everything that brought you to where you are today. I see you similar to how I view Mr. Rogers. I just see this brightness in you and you're just, you know, I can tell you're a really special human. So thank you for sharing your gifts and for bringing this forward into the world and and being so intentional about how you're doing it.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. I, I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Well, I look forward to staying in touch with you. And i I think I'm gonna wanna check back in, you know, six months or a year and see what the heck is going on. Cause I, I feel like, Me you know, do. you're you're growing a lot. It'd be interesting to see what what happens in the next period of time.
1: I agree. And if you uh, make your way up here, definitely let us know. We'll give you a tour.
0: I would love it. I'm going to, I'll try not to be annoying, but I turn into a five-year-old when I get curious about things. Why? How does that, how, how does that work? I've <laughs> got a lot of questions.
1: No, we love that. <laughs> I love Boge. curiosity.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. Well, I think, you know, it's something that you're, that you're doing that's, you know, new to most people. So I'm excited yeah. to, to share this with, with our listeners and uh, to share your story. So thanks again for All coming. Right.
1: Thanks so much. Yeah. I appreciate awesome. it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.